0: Hey everyone, this is Bob Leahy at Life Church in Chico, California. Welcome to the Midweek Pastors Podcast. This is a way for us to go beyond the sermon through conversation, questions and answers, deep dives into topics and interviews. Whether it be in your car, at the gym, or hiking in Upper Park, we hope that this podcast really encourages and equips you wherever you're at.
1: Hey there, Life Church, Pastor Chris here along with Pastor Bob. Hey. And we are. Coming to you live from our church studio, 1492 (laughs) East Avenue.
0: By church studio, we mean side office (laughs) that everybody uses as our sole office space. That's right. Hopefully not for too long.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we got the leaf blowers going on outside our window. Uh, But we're back again to talk to you about some deep things, some important things, some life-changing things. The other thing, too, that I'd like to ask those of you who are listening to... Send us an email. Let us know if we are scratching where you itch. If we are touching topics that you like or appreciate, would you like us to talk about other things? Just send us an email at life, info at lifechurchchico.org, and we'd love to hear from you. So, Bob, today we're doing another podcast then as, as a follow-up to your sermon that you did on uh, December the... 17th? 19th. 17th, right. And again, if you didn't, uh, if you weren't uh, at church that Sunday and you missed it, just go to our YouTube channel or our church website, and uh, you can catch uh, that sermon. But it's our continued discussion through the Book of Acts, and the reason that going through Acts is so important to us because it's it's not just the story of the early church, but it's our story as well. We are that continuing. Uh, story, unending story, of the body of Christ acting out, the book of Acts, acting out um, our mission. We're missional people, and uh, we need to be on mission, stay on mission. So part of that, Bob, is one of the closing points that you had in your sermon had to do with making sure that we helped people who were not in the church yet, not Christians yet, still thinking about it, in transition, how do we get them to not only engage in church, but how we get them to engage on spiritual things as well? Mm-hmm. It's like this this challenge that you gave us as a church, which I think is a very appropriate challenge for us, is to be engaging while then at the same time being confident enough to be bl- blunt, honest with the truth, and to not not water down the gospel— in order to make people feel comfortable, yeah i it was challenging when
0: I was putting the sermon together because I felt the Lord kind of prompt me with these things as I was going through and and studying on Simon it like <clears throat> as I mentioned it reminded me of someone who's new to their faith or maybe someone who's not an, a believer in those interactions we have and so i I sort of touched on like uh, us having the ability to give grace mm-hmm. to those who are not believers and ex- we shouldn't expect them to have it all together. But then at the same time, in that same passage, Peter didn't have a lot of grace <laughs> for, Peter, for for Simon. So I was kind of like, how am I going to navigate this? Cause this is what the Lord is prompting me mm-hmm. to, to speak about. And so I was trying to pair the two together. Um, and hopefully I did a decent job on, on that and um, people didn't go back like confused, like what, to, what, they're supposed to do with that but um yeah i think i just think as as we're christians living in the world today that um it's totally appropriate for people who are not christians Mm -hmm. to have questions yeah and to not understand and to to give us maybe some pushback Mm because if you're on the outside looking in like I mean, the other we're, we just got done with Christmas, right? Virgin birth, Mary, like right. what? Yeah, what is that? Like, if I'm not a believer and I hear yeah. s- that, that, that sounds like in the church, yeah. That sounds like hocus pocus to me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, i mm-hmm. never like, are you crazy? Um, and so like, to me, that's that should be par for the course. Yeah, like I shouldn't expect somebody to necessarily always kind of respect my belief system because there is some stuff in Christianity that's a little like like it can rattle us and we kind of like, wait, what mm-hmm. does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. And so kind of my premise is was just kind of like, we need to have grace for those and be able to utilize those situations and opportunities to make Jesus access, accessible mm-hmm. to that person. And one way that we can kind of do a disservice to them is by kind of shutting them down and shutting them out yeah. and, oh, you're attacking me or, oh, mm-hmm. like I'm not going to have this conversation with you or, mm-hmm. um, because there's in that there's opportunity yeah. to yeah. show the accessibility of Christ and the, the free gift of grace that he gives. And so mm-hmm. for me, those situations are really pivotal um in my walk and just being able to navigate awkward, uh tense potentially tense situations. I was I, I shared on Sunday about a coffee shop I was at once and you know, the I held a crystal at this coffee shop or whatever. <laughs> I was at another coffee shop another time and I was just having a conversation with the the guy at the cash register. And um he was asking what I was doing. Oh, I'm working. I'm working today. Oh, where do you work? Oh, I'm a pastor at a church mm-hmm. and someone from the back, I wasn't even in conversation with, poked their head around and was like, "Oh, is your church an LGBTQ affirming church?" And I was like <laughs> Like for me, I'm like, for me, I'm like, yes, not yet. I'm not, the answer is not yes, but I'm like, yes. Like that's a valid question to be asking. If you're on the outside looking in and you have a perspective of a church in a certain way, I'm like, I'm expected when I'm out in the world for those questions to come at me and, and, and it's, it's, and I let the Holy spirit guide those conversations. And so for in that situation, it wasn't like a, no, we're not LGBT. And let me tell you why it was like a, Oh, Hey, like, that's a great question. Like we, I would love to sit down and dialogue that question See, that with you. So great. Um, and as you know, w- my the church we go to is a Bible believing church. And so what w- we believe is what the word says. And, yeah. and so it just depends on like what your perspective of what the Bible says in that. Yeah. And in, in my thought process is like, she probably doesn't know what the Bible thinks. Exactly. On that. exactly. She just has. And so, Uh, just navigating those conversations in a way that's like, Hey, I am accessible to you and Jesus is accessible to you. Yeah, Like we can sit and talk about this and I'm not going to
1: like cut you off or get upset over it. And so, yeah, yeah. we, we cannot assume that people are looking through the same lenses that we look through, Mm -hmm. especially those of us who've been in the church a long time. We've studied the scripture, been to life groups or Bible studies. When we're, engaging with people that are not involved in church or followers of Christ, even their questions are, are, it's good. The fact that they're asking a question Mm -hmm. is a good thing and it's good for them, but it's also good for us to say, Hmm, I need to be prepared on how I answer that. If their curiosity is a signal that they're actually interested Mm -hmm. now, as you said, we can affirm people but not agree with what they believe. And our belief system is based upon what the Scripture says. Mm -hmm. But the other thing, too, is to not be threatened when people push back, especially if they don't have the same orientation, if they don't have the... Like I said, they don't really understand Christmas. They thought it was a Christmas tree all their life, and then all of a sudden you start talking to them about the baby Jesus born in the manger, they're like, Yeah, I heard of that. What is that all about? Yeah. That curiosity, it needs to be then grabbed a hold of and said, Well, I'd love to talk to you yeah, about that. And I
0: think when people come with these direct questions that might push our buttons a little bit, they're not looking for the right answer. They're not looking for the answer. They're looking for how you answer. Yeah. I think it's the the point. When somebody they want they want to see if they they've they've pushed that button to where you're, you're maybe the grace that, that God's given mm. you isn't flowing out of you yeah. so much and you become what they expect you to become. And yeah. so for me, that's the opportunity of like, how do I show grace and show like Christ's love mm-hmm. in, in this situation as, you know, and the fact is like I, in that, in those situations and the conversations and the things and the, you know, we talk. We've talked about cancel culture and things of that. Like, and that being persecution. Like, that's par for the course. And yes. when I read the Word of God, I say, "Man, I'm glad that this is what I'm experiencing. I'm not experiencing what they they did back in biblical times." Like, I am. I am hardly. I yeah. It's just. It just bothers me a little bit when we can get a little like, uh, like. Really defensive towards towards people who God loves and who God wants to be a part of what we are and who we are and and what His His Kingdom is all about. And so,
1: yeah, people challenge things that they don't understand. Mm -hmm. If we can be able to say, like you said to the one gal at the coffee shop, of you know that's a great question, and I'd love some time to be able to sit down with you and we can chat about it. That's fair. There, there is a, a sense or a feeling of people that are, are being antagonistic, or people mm-hmm. that are trying to bait me. Those are pretty obvious. I yeah. can feel it. I can sense it. Even how the the question is framed. But even then, Bob, I have to take a deep breath and go, okay, don't, don't react, don't become defensive. Mm-hmm. Just you know, one person was sitting on an airplane and they asked me what I did for a living, and I said, well, I'm a pastor. And they began to just go off uh, about the president. At that time, it was uh, George Bush, and just went ballistic on me. And I just sat there, and I listened, and I listened. I finally put up my hand. I said, look, I, I just have a question. What does that have anything to do <laughs> with what I do for a living, in your eyes? Yeah. And their response was, well, you Christians are all Republicans. And I said is, isn't that like me saying all women are bad drivers? <laughs> and, and she went, she calmed down and smiled and she goes, I'm sorry. Yeah. I go, if you'd like to talk about what I do for a living, I'd love to, but I don't want to talk politics. Yeah. I just don't at all. And we had the, we had an incredible conversation, mm-hmm. the rest of the plane ride. And I think all of us Christians, those who are listening, you know, we welcome people's curiosity. We, we welcome their interests. Now that means that we need to study, as it says in Second Timothy. We need to study to prove, to to show ourselves approved, not like, you know, tested and like we get an A on the test. But we need to be able to have our metal tested, mm-hmm. what the substance of the things that I believe. Now, in the end, you're probably going to find some people that will just say, "Well, I just don't agree with you." Like, yeah. okay, you know, yeah. shake hands, we agree to disagree. But I cannot be able, which was your last point in your sermon was, I can't be afraid to tell the absolute truth to somebody. Like Peter looked at Simon the sorcerer and said, look, I'm going to tell you that the way that you're looking at this is wrong. Mm -hmm. In fact, your heart is full of some pretty bitter things in there. And what you need to do, and again, he didn't just toss him Mm -hmm. to the side of the road. He said, you need to pray. Simon, you need to pray that the Lord forgives you, gave him the cure for his illness, if you will. But poor Simon, the sorcerer, still didn't get it. He was like, well, no, you pray for me, Um, not understanding that that he needed to take personal responsibility for what he was dabbling in. Mm -hmm. And so in the same way, we as Christians can't water down the truth for fear of... You know, chasing somebody away, you know, Jesus had to look at the rich young ruler and say, you know, go sell all that you have and come and follow me. And the guy walked away because he was really, really rich. But there's that thing of how can I do it without being condescending, Mm -hmm. without being moralistic, but just saying, sorry, here's the truth. And this is the truth about why you're asking me these questions or, or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's situations where, you know, we're in community with believers and we all believe the same things. We mm-hmm. all walk in the same line. And, and, you know, I think in that story there was probably a little bit of an expectation on Simon. Like, dude, you did the things you said, you believed, you were baptized, but you're not doing the things now. So that's, there's, there's some accountability there that yep. Peter's like holding him to. And, I think for all of us, if we truly love our brothers and sisters that (laughs) and we've been in community and that trust is built, uh, rebuking is easy because it's not it's not a harsh thing. It's an it's a thing out of love. It's a thing out of like, oh, I see my brother going down this path where he's Mm -hmm. like, it's going to destroy his life. Right. I'm not going to just kind of be. Oh, it's okay, buddy. Like I, I some people need to be shook up. And sometimes mm-hmm. they need the truth to hit them, and and for them to to really be able to understand and and know not only like, hey, I'm I'm drifting away and I'm in the danger zone, but mm-hmm. also that like, man, you must really love me if you care that much to yeah. to uh, shake me up. And and mm-hmm. I've had people say, hey, thank you for just being straight and and honest with me, and that that's that's been really helpful.
1: So, but it's it's the grace of truth, Bob. You have two little kids and there are some times that your kids will i want to do that and you're like no and they can really <laughs> get upset and go dad i don't like this or i don't like you you don't love me and you're like yeah i i know that you feel that way right now but this it's i am doing this because i love you and i think that's what truth does is like look i'm going to hold my ground i know you're not going to be happy with me but i'm yeah. going to do it and one day you'll see you you'll understand that uh, what I'm saying or what I'm doing, I think maybe that's what Peter would have said to Simon. It's like, I know you're probably shocked right now, but trust me, you know, if you follow through, you're going to find true freedom from all the stuff. So it's it's a balance. So mm-hmm. we're reaching out to those who have yet to believe or are coming in, but at the same time we are lovingly giving them, you know, the banks to the river of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Yeah. But in the end, it's still mm-hmm. their choice. We yeah. we don't micromanage anybody here at Life Church, mm. And uh, because of that takes away people's ability to make right choices and, yeah. and develop a disciplined life instead of just looking at us and saying, what do I do now? What do I do now? We just keep pointing them to the truth. And then in the end, everybody has to make that choice. Yeah.
0: And I would say every opportunity in your life, like look for opportunities to be like Jesus to other people. I I had a interaction uh, just a couple days ago where we, I was buying an old-school CRT TV because yeah. I want to plug my old-school Nintendo 64 into it and be kind of <laughs> authentic. Um, and so I just found one on Facebook Marketplace, and it was some old couple in Durham. I didn't realize it was like 20 minutes out of town, like in the middle of nowhere, Durham. And so I'm just conversing with her, and I'm like, "Hey, okay, we're we're on our way. I'm we're grabbing coffee real quick. Would you like a coffee?" And like sometimes it's like the things like that. It's like counterculture. It's like, wait, what? (laughs) What do you you're you're gonna buy the CRT TV for me? Why are you offering to get me coffee? And then (laughs) and then I show up, and her husband's there, and he's like, "Oh, like they must have looked at my Facebook profile." Um, he's like, Oh, you work at build and do you know so-and-so? And And I was like, Oh yeah, I I used to work at build. Uh, I'm a pastor now. And he's, he was like, Oh, what? (laughs) Like that's really like an admiral job or he's like, he admires that I was a whatever and whether or not they believe or not, but it's like just those opportunities. And sure. My, my, I was with my brother-in-law and he was like, dude, you're probably freaking her out (laughs) asking her if you can bring her coffee, but that's the thing. We should be freaking people out by like our kindness and by being like Jesus and and the grace filled uh, responses we have and the rebukes that we have in times when we need to be rebuking people. And so um, Jesus had those moments as well, like when he talked to Peter and told him, yeah, you are a stumbling block. Get behind me, Satan. Like, uh. So that's my encouragement. Look for opportunities uh, to be like Jesus to people who don't know him so that they can see how accessible his love and his grace is in their life. So Amen, um, that's all we got this morning, and uh, we will hear from you guys next time, I guess. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Peace out, everybody. Have a peace great out. week.
0: Later. you for giving us a listen to this week if there's anything that you'd like to hear on this podcast in the future if you have questions or if you'd like to hear us interview someone please send us an email at info at have
1: a blessed week